You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. Please stand for the call to worship. Sing praises to God, O you saints, and give thanks to God's holy name. We exalt you, O God, for you have restored us to life. We may cry through the night, but your joy comes with the morning. You hear us, O God. And you are gracious in our distress. You turn our mourning into dancing. Our souls cannot be silent. O oh God, our Savior, 
we give thanks to you forever. Almighty God, you have knit together your elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of your Son, Christ our Lord. Grant us grace so to follow your holy saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those unspeakable joys which you have prepared for those who sincerely love you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Number 711, For All the Saints. Let us unite in this historic confession of the Christian faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. right there and any other children that want to come join us y'all come on up right now y'all sit down right here right here good job all right oh my goodness you guys did such a wonderful job didn't they do a great job yeah I'm really proud of you um, so today we have a special guest preacher 
Pastor Tuning is going to be preaching, and he's going to be talking about something really important today, about running the race that's ahead of us. And what, what, do, you, um, what do you think, hey, Mr. Matt, what, what does it look like he's trying to do? What do you guys think? Is he running? Yeah? Is he doing a very good job of it? No, not really good. Um, hey, Matt, how's it going? Yeah? Not so easy. Yeah, why isn't it so easy? Well, it's got a lot of stuff. And you guys see that? He's got a lot of stuff. I think you're doing a great job. What, what, what type of stuff are you bringing? Are you carrying there? Everything. Everything? Like what? Uh, well, a microphone. <laughs> Here. Yeah, tell me what you got in those bags there. Oh, goodness. Um, I've got disrespecting my parents. Oh. Jealousy. Is it heavy? It's heavy, isn't it? What else we got here? Uh, unforgiveness. Oh, man. Lying. You guys don't do that, do you? No, never lying. Uh, being unkind. Okay. Let's see. Greed. Can I hold on to these? I'd, I'd like to see what they are. Pride. Pride. Ooh, that's kind of hard. Resentment. Uh huh. Anger. Selfishness. And talking back. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, do you think you need all of that to run the race? I mean, I've been carrying them for a long time. Um, well. You know, in our scripture today, it says that you don't have to carry that stuff, that Jesus has already forgiven you. And just by being a Christian and following Jesus, it makes your race a lot easier. It would be a lot easier not to have to carry that. Do you guys think it would be easier if he didn't have to carry all this stuff around with him? He, when we follow Christ, we remember that, or we're reminded that Christ forgives us of all of our sins, like being unkind and selfishness, talking back. And then... We don't have to worry about them anymore. We can throw them off. We can throw them away, just like Mr. Matt did right here. And then, Mr. Matt, can you show us? Show us. Oh, I'm ready. It's a lot easier. Look at him. I'm a lot lighter now. He's ready to go. So it's okay. We are going to sin. We are going to be people who sin because we're human beings. But I want you to remember that when you love Jesus... You are able to throw off those sins, throw off those things that you do wrong that take you away from God or take you away from others, and you can run the race too. All right, let's tell Mr. Matt, say thanks for coming up here, Mr. Matt. Thanks for showing us. Wait, get your books. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have to pick them back up, Pastor Jenny.
All right, will y'all pray with me? Repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for forgiving us so we can run the race with Christ. Amen. All right, y'all can go with Miss Beth. She's going to take y'all down to child care, or you can go sit back with your parents. We are going to move these books right over here. If I can get a couple of y'all to move those books, that would be great. <laughs> Thank you, my friends. I appreciate it. We now have an opportunity to go to God in prayer, to lift up joys and concerns to God. Uh, we're going to have a moment of silent meditation prior to our pastoral prayer, and then we'll follow with the Lord's Prayer. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, we come before you this morning to worship you, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. God, we thank you so much for bringing us here this morning, for allowing us the opportunity to come before you and simply worship, to praise your name. God, we confess that we don't always come with an open heart. We don't always follow you and your will. God, sometimes we do carry around our sins as part of us. God, forgive us. Lead us and guide us to repentance and allow us to throw off all the things that, that hold us back so that we might indeed run the race that is set before us. God, we thank you for the many ways that we have an opportunity to participate in this race. God, for the many ways that we have to, to serve you. God, we thank you for those veterans who have, have served the country, given their time and their effort and their safety for service. God, we thank you for those in our community who are first responders, who are essential workers, who, who serve the community. God, we thank you for those in our church who take on the tiny tasks, but the important tasks. God, for those who serve in missions, for those who serve with our children, with our youth. God, for those who serve in the choir, those who serve in our early response team. 
God, there's so many different ways that we have that, that people are able to serve and to honor you. And God, we thank you that you have called us to be a part of, of your kingdom work here on earth. God, what a privilege it is for us to partner with you and to serve you in that way. God, I pray that you will continue to lead us and guide us to, to many ways that we can serve, many ways that we can honor you and, and the many ways that we can become, we can help the earth become your kingdom. God, we just lift up to you this morning all of our prayers, all of our joys that are on our hearts that we are excited to share with other people. God, we also lift up our, our concerns, those things that are on our hearts that we've shared or we haven't shared with others. Would you remind us of your presence now and always? Remind us that you are the comforter, you are the helper, you are the great physician. And Lord, lead us and guide us to be with those who are lonely, who are hurting. Lord, those who need to know of your presence. Allow us to be your presence to others in this time and always. Lord, we lift up these prayers and many others to you. And God, we pray. We pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, we have the pleasure to honor God with our gifts, our gifts of service, our gifts of, of financial gifts. As, as always, we have plates at either door. You are welcome to place your offering in those plates, or you can give online. We want to remind you to please hold on to your commitment cards at this time and bring them up during communion. Let's offer ourselves to God.
Please join with me in the prayer of thanksgiving. We give you thanks, O God, for all the saints who ever worshipped you, whether in brush arbors or cathedrals, whether wooden churches or crumbling cement meeting houses, where your name was lifted and adored. We give you thanks, O God, for our hands lifted in praise, manicured hands and hands stained with grease or soil, strong hands and those gnarled with age, holy hands used as wave offerings across the land. We thank you, God, for hard-working saints, whether hard-hatted or steel-booted, head-ragged or aproned, blue-collared or three-piece suited. They left their mark on the earth for you, for us, for our children to come. Thank you, God, for the tremendous sacrifices made by those who have gone before us. Bless the memories of your saints, God. May we learn how to walk wisely from their examples of faith, worship, service, and love. Amen. Please remain standing. And let us sing together number 712, I Sing a Song of the Saints of God. Well, good morning. What a pleasure it is to be here with you this morning. Not with just all of you, which is certainly a pleasure, but to be with my friend Jenny, to be with my friend Amanda, and surprisingly to be with my friend Tom, 
What a wonderful, wonderful morning it is for me, and what a joy. And I know that you probably don't remember this, but during the early 2000s, I had the opportunity to come and preach here. And uh, like, like most places, when I preach, it's normally about 15 or 20 years before they invite me back. So... <laughs> Uh, it, it is good to be with you this morning and have the opportunity to share with you. When Jenny called me, she said, it's Stewardship Sunday, it's All Saints Sunday, it's Veterans Sunday. Uh, we've, been, we've been talking about the vows of church membership for a while now, and, and we're emphasizing service. So I'm just telling you, I don't get to preach very often now, so if I throw all of that into the sermon, about 3 o'clock you should be ready for lunch, right? <laughs> well, uh, we'll do the best we can, but I, there's an awful lot of wonderful things that, uh, that uh, need to be shared and talked about on this very, very special Sunday. And I just find it a privilege and an honor to be with you, to have the opportunity to, to share with you this morning. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run the race with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. By the way, Amanda, uh, that was a wonderful children's sermon. You convicted me already, uh, and I appreciated the way that the children... Did you notice that? Did you notice how the children jumped down there to pick up the books and all that kind of stuff? And thank you, children, for preaching to me this morning. Uh, in doing that. He showed what a servant is and what a blessing, what a blessing. There's an often told story, and you probably have heard it. If you've ever heard preachers, we tell stories, especially good stories, over and over again. But there's an often story, told story that if you go in anywhere and you see a turtle sitting on a post you probably have a pretty good understanding that somebody helped that turtle get on top of that post. That turtle didn't climb that post by itself. Somebody or something helped it get there. Well, you know, I believe that is true for all of us. If we got anywhere in life, if we've done anything in life, if we've come to any measure of faith, if we have traveled any, any distance at all in a faith journey, we didn't do it by ourselves. Somebody helped us get there. 
Somebody got us to the point where we were able to understand who we are and what we are in relation to God and in our relationship with Jesus Christ and in our relationship with one another. In our text this morning, the author of Hebrews, which I think is interesting, we have no clue who that author is, is writing to a group of people called Hebrews, and we really don't know who they were other than the fact that they were just Hebrews. But because they were Hebrews, we we know that they knew their story. So, the author of Hebrews reminded that group of Hebrews of their story. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, if you back up just a little bit, the author reminds them of the stories of faith, of characters like Abraham, like Noah, Moses, Rahab. Now, None of the people who received this letter would have witnesses, witnessed those great people of faith. That happened hundreds and generations and generations before them. But you can know that they knew the story. They knew the story because that story had been passed down by those people who had come to know the story themselves. And they shared that story. Untold numbers of those people shared that story over and over again. Therefore, therefore the writer says, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off Everything, everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The writer of Hebrews was talking to a group of people who knew that they were part of a great cloud of witnesses already. Now we know the story of Jesus, don't we? We know the stories of Noah. We know the stories of Abraham. We know the stories of Rahab. We know those stories because somebody, somebody cared enough about us to become part of our great cloud of witnesses and loved us enough to share those stories with us. I have so many of the great cloud of witnesses. Tom mentioned that, uh, you know, that we consider each other. I consider Jenny and Amanda part of my great cloud of witnesses. But I also have very personal great clouds of witnesses. I think probably some of you do too. 
One of those was my grandfather. My grandfather gave me the first lesson in evangelism that I ever learned. Now, since that time, I've taken many evangelism courses. But I'm going to tell you, that first lesson was probably the most valuable of any lesson that I ever learned. The truth be told, it was probably the most significant lesson of evangelism that I ever learned. My grandfather was bald-headed. Now, I'm not, I hear it comes from, my mother, from your mother's side of the family, but uh, I'm not quite sure about that. My grandfather was bald-headed, and he always, always wore a hat. And on Sunday, he wore a dress hat. And there was a coat rack right in the narthex of the church. There's at least one person that uh, went to Harmony Grove Church that I, that I see back there. Uh, if they remember, there was a hat rack right next to the, the door as you left the narthex of the church. And my grandfather would walk in every Sunday and hang that dress hat up on that hat rack. Well, at the end of the service, when folks were lining up to shake hands with the preacher, my grandfather would start moving past the people that were lined up, and every Sunday he would say exactly the same thing. I've got to go get my hat to cover up this bald head of mine. Now, you would think that he was doing that, if you were just a casual observer, would say he's doing that to break in front of people so that uh, he didn't have to wait in line or he didn't have to wait to shake hands with the preacher. But if you really paid attention to what he was doing, there was not a soul in that line that he wasn't stopping to shake their hands and to say hello and to be in conversation with them. And if they were new folks to the church, he would start that conversation in that line and wait until they had shook the preacher's hand and meet them outside to continue the conversation. You see, he was beloved. And he demonstrated evangelism because he understood relationships. And if you know anything about evangelism at all, it begins and it ends with relationship. You cannot, you cannot be part of that great cloud of witnesses and share what Jesus has done with somebody else, done for you with somebody else, if you're not in relationship with them. You can't demonstrate a relationship with Jesus. If you're not willing to be in relationship with others. After all, evangelism is relationship. Today, you celebrate All Saints Day. And a little bit later, you're going to lift up uh, uh, names of those who have passed on in the life of your church. And those folks constitute a part of that great cloud of witnesses. I'm quite certain you witness them demonstrate their faith in real and powerful ways. 
Perhaps uh, they might have been your Sunday school teachers. Or the first person to spoke to you, that spoke to you when you came to this church for the first time. Or the person that you admired because you could see Jesus in them. Or the person that was the first to volunteer. No matter what was going on at the church, they were the first to volunteer. Or the person who was always willing to step up to the plate financially when the need was there for the life of the church. Or perhaps they were the person that every time the door was open, they were going to be here. Regardless of what was going on, they were going to be right in the middle of it. Or perhaps they were the person that you knew was a prayer warrior for you and for the church and for the community. Did you notice something about the examples that I used? Jenny shared with me that you were looking at the vows of church membership for a while now. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. First, let me say, and Tom, this used to grieve me as a district superintendent when I would ask people or I would be there witnessing other pastors bring people into the life of the church. Because quite often the question would be asked incorrectly. Can you believe that a Methodist preacher would ask something incorrectly? But they would ask the question. They would say, uh, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Now all of you are sitting there going, that sounds right. You're going, I don't see anything wrong with that. But that's not the vow. The vow is, will you be loyal to Jesus Christ with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And will you support this congregation of the United Methodist Church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Just let me say this. You cannot truly, truly be loyal to Jesus Christ if you don't do all of those things. Best image I know is a three-legged stool. What happens if you cut one of the legs off? It's not going to stand. If you're not loyal to Jesus Christ with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness, your witness is not going to stand. So all of them are equally, equally important. If we don't attend to all of them, it becomes like, like that three-legged stool. So let me, let me jump into what I was asked to come to share with you today. I was asked to come and talk about your gifts, your stewardship, or your money. 
There it is. I said it. Lock the doors, ushers. All right, I was asked to talk about your money, okay? I'm, I'm going to just throw it out there. I'm going to talk about your money. But I'm going to talk about your money by continuing to talk about the great cloud of witnesses, okay? Hopefully that makes you feel better. First, let me tell you, start remind, by reminding you about a story that occurs in the Gospel of Mark and in Luke. And I'm going to put just a little slightly different twist on this story. Because every stewardship story, sermon you ever heard, or every sermon you ever heard about money, brought up the widow's might. Okay? Some of you are laughing. There he goes again. He's going to talk about that widow again. But I want you to think about what happened in that story. Jesus was witnessing people as they walked past and putting their offering uh, in the temple that day. And Jesus noticed this widow woman. He witnessed her putting the two small copper coins into the offering plate or whatever it was that was up there that she was putting it into. Jesus witnessed her and called the disciples over and said, look at this woman. Other folks have come by and put their stuff in But this woman came and put everything in. Now, as I read this story, it occurred to me that this woman became one of Jesus' great cloud of witnesses. Have you ever thought about that story like that? Isn't that pretty cool that Jesus witnessed this woman putting these coins in there and he, he witnessed it to the point that he thought it was important enough to call the other disciples over and said, this woman put in everything she had. Am, am, am I just missing it? Or does that suddenly add a whole lot more to that story? Jesus even had a great cloud of witnesses, and it wasn't those who wore the robes of the day. It was a poor widow woman. This unknown woman, we have no idea what her name is, but she's certainly a part of the great cloud of witnesses. In one of my churches, there was a woman by the name of Ruby. Now, she came to faith late in life. Uh, She was uh, probably well into her 70s, and, and it was one of my joys to bring her into the life of the church by profession of faith. And I... I was amazed how seriously Ruby took the vows of church membership. 
I got a phone call from her one day, and she, I don't know, Jenny, I don't know if I've ever had a phone call like this before. She called up, and she said, uh, Richard? She called me preacher. She said, preacher, I need for you to talk to me about tithing. Oh, <laughs> uh, they didn't teach me that in seminary. I, want, I need for you, you mentioned that, that uh, I would, uh, when I joined the church, that, uh, that tithing was uh, a part of what it meant to be a part of the church. And she said, I want you to talk to me about that. Well, I knew that she didn't have much income. I had visited her in her home, and, and she lived comfortably, but it certainly was not a mansion. I knew that her family relationships were not the best in the world. So I knew she didn't have a whole lot of folks around her supporting her. But she asked me, and so I started trying to talk to her about a tithe, and that this biblical standard was a 10%, and... That you know that was something, and and I, and I did, and I have to admit this, and I'm almost ashamed of this, but I have to admit it. I was almost apologetic because I knew her circumstances, but I also knew that she expected for me to to share this with her. Well, she called me a few days later, and she said her son had given her a dog, and the dog was going to have puppies. And she told me that, um, and I said, well, good. And I didn't know where she was going with that. And then a little while later, the phone rang again, a few weeks or months or whatever it was. It wasn't very long. Later, and the dog had had the puppies, and she had sold the puppies. And she was calling me to tell me the, the amount that she had sold the puppies for. And she wanted me to help her figure out what 10% was so she could give it to the church. I remember this story so well because she needed the money. But I remember it most importantly, because she took her vows seriously. So Ruby became one of my great clouds of witnesses. Somebody that I will never, ever forget. Another one of my great clouds of witnesses, Tom, was... Bishop Bevel Jones. The late Bishop Bevel Jones. Most of you, have you ever heard of him? It was Bev Jones. His humor, his devotion to the church, his kindness to me was something that I will never, ever forget. One of his stories and. and and illustrations on giving may not be one of the most spiritual or the most churchy illustrations you will ever hear, 
But I'm going to share it with you because you will remember it, I promise you. And maybe, and maybe, just maybe, it will cause you to think about uh, uh, what it means to give to the life of the church. Bishop Jones begins his story by sharing about him being a young boy living in a wealthy Druid Hills community of Atlanta. And it came a big snow. And so he thought, well, you know, if, if I get out and go to some of these homes and this wealthy community and offer to shovel off their sidewalks and their driveways, maybe I can make just a little bit of money. Well, he, he went to one of those homes, and he went and knocked on the door and made his request to the lady that came to the door. He said, ma'am, uh, I'm just wondering if I could clear your sidewalks and your driveways and uh, I can make a little money to do that. And she said, of course you can. I will be happy for you to do that for me. He said that was the biggest driveway he had ever seen in his life. <laughs> that was the longest sidewalk he ever seen in his life. He said he ended up taking all afternoon cleaning that driveway and that sidewalk. And he said it was so cold. He said he thought he was just going to absolutely freeze to death before he got that driveway cleared and that sidewalk cleared. But he got it done. And he went up and he knocked on the door. And he said, ma'am, I'm finished with your driveway. And he said he, he held out his shaking, bony little hand that was just about frozen off. And she dropped 50 cents into his hand. He said, all afternoon long, I about froze to death for 50 cents. He said a few years later, He's working at Grant Field on a Saturday afternoon carrying trays of Coke. He said it was the second half. And he was on the, in the upper deck and there was a man there at the game who obviously had a little bit too much to drink. As the saying goes, he was three sheets in the wind. He said, I was hot and tired and carrying my cokes, and he waved me down and said, Son, son, I want one of your cokes. He said, So I made it past everybody over there to hand him the coke. And he reached into his pocket and he paid me for the coke, and he gave me a $20 tip. And he said, that only goes to prove that people give best when they are in the Spirit. <laughs> but there's truth in that. There is a profound truth in that. We only know how to give. 
when we are in the spirit of the living God. When the Holy Spirit has touched us, when the Holy Spirit is real, that is when we know what it means to give. So Bishop Jones, I told you you'll remember that story because of its humor, but also because of its truth. Bishop Jones was one of my great clouds of witnesses. I ask you this morning, I ask you to recall your great cloud of witnesses and acknowledge how they have been instrumental in your faith understanding. One of my friends uh, in ministry recently shared a definition of stewardship that he had just learned. And I would like to share it with you because it's pretty good stuff. Stewardship is what we do with all that we have after we say, I believe. Let me repeat that. Stewardship is what we do with all that we have after we say, I believe. I look around this place of worship, and everywhere I look, I see how people of this church, where you have been faithful. You can't help but look at the facilities and look around, and I understand you just upgraded the, the worship space here. That wouldn't happen without people being faithful, without people stepping up to the plate, without people being willing to give them themselves. It just wouldn't have happened. I look around and I see and read your bulletins and read your newsletter. I did some homework, Jenny. This church is faithful in its outreach. This church is faithful in its relationships. This church is faithful in its mission. And it's various missions and outreach programs that it has in this community. I look at your ministry from, I mean, I just can't tell you how much I enjoy seeing the children up front and hearing them sing. And I, I haven't had an opportunity to experience your youth program, but I know that there are people coming to know Jesus because somebody's willing to share it with them. I know that looking around the life of this church, there are things that are going on that people are impacted in eternal ways. And the truth of it is, none of it could happen. None of it would be happening if somebody wasn't stepping up and helping out financially. Now, I'm, I'm not going to insult you by 
asking you to give of your money because it will go to support a budget. You know, a budget in a church is a great and wonderful thing. Everybody needs a budget. I know that. You know that. You got to know where the money's going, right? Right? But if I were to stand up here and ask you to give your money because you need to support the budget, I would be insulting your intelligence. And I'm not going to, you're a bunch of smart folks. I can look at you. You're a bunch of brilliant folks. So I'm not, going, I'm not going to insult your intelligence. You know that the light bill has to be paid. You know that Jenny is expecting a paycheck. You understand that. You get it. You know that all the rest of the staff salaries have to be paid. And you know that if you're going to do ministry, it's got to be funded. You know that. So I'm not going to insult your intelligence to do that. What I am going to do this morning, though, is to do this. I am going to ask you to demonstrate what we will all do with all that we have after we say, I believe. The reason why I'm going to ask you to do that is because, remember that turtle on the post? That turtle didn't get there by itself. And just remember that all that you have, and all that you will ever have, is a gift from God. You may have talents. You may be the smartest business person in the world. You may know how to make money beyond all measure. But you didn't get that on your own. That was a gift that was given to you by God. I'm a retired Methodist preacher. I am the most blessed person in the world. I'm blessed because God has left me wanting for nothing. And all that I have, and all that I will ever have, has been given to me by God. All you have, all you will ever have, has been given to you by God. And this is old and this is trite. But you will never outgive God. You will never be able to outgive what you are able to give, what He's already given to you. Our ability to give is given to us first by God. Therefore, it's up to us to give back first that which God has given to us and which ultimately belongs to him. I'm asking you this morning, become part of someone's great cloud of witnesses. 
I'm asking you to be a faithful example to others so that others may look at you and know what it means to be faithful in all things, even your money. The writer of Hebrews reminded those people called Hebrews of what was done on their behalf. Amanda, do you know what my prayer is? I, my prayer is that folks will look at you and me and Jenny and Tom and everybody here. And I pray that maybe hundreds or even thousands of years from now, somebody will be willing to recall that in 2021, there was a group of people, a group of God's people, who were willing to be examples of exemplary faith. That were willing to stand up in the midst of this world full of unbelievable uncertainty and unbelievable trials and troubles. But in 2021, there were a group of people who were willing to stand up and say, we believe. And somebody will say, they are a part of my great cloud of witnesses. Look around you today. We are witnessing the witnesses. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Imagine 
When all I will do is forever, forever worship you. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? To my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? To my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. When all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.